All right, welcome back to Insight Flicks. This is a weekly discussion podcast where we talk about movie headlines, TV news, and some other things that happened over the past week. My name is Mike, and like always, I'm here with Richard and Raymond. Say hello, fellas. Hey, it's been a long time since I've been asked to say hello. (laughs) (laughs) Let's start with breaking news. We just started recording, and this just happened. Rich, tell us us what happened uh, with this breaking news here. Well, it's Super Bowl Sunday, and uh, not long ago, it, it's, it was just announced that Ivan Reitman, the producer and uh, producer and director, uh, um, legendary, uh, died at, at seventy five. I believe his uh, he was found uh, found peacefully in his sleep Saturday night at, at his home in Montecito, California, and his family released a press uh, release saying, "Our family is grieving the unexpected loss of a husband, father, and grandfather." who taught us to always seek the magic in life. Uh, children Jason Reitman, Catherine Reitman, and Caroline Reitman said in a joint statement. We take comfort that his work on as a filmmaker brought laughter and happiness to countless others around the world. While we mourn privately, we hope those who knew him through his films will remember him always. So yes, very sad news about Ivan Reitman. Uh, he was 75 years old. Uh, Let's talk about some of his filmography, the, some of the films. What, what, what do you think it's going to be? What, what, what films are most um, known for? I mean, yeah, what, it's, it's going to be popping up everywhere. I mean, it's going to be all, all Ghostbusters director. I mean, uh, or is it going to be something else to you? It, no, it's definitely Ghostbusters. It's, I think Ghostbusters will definitely be the first thing that be popping up, and I think next will be maybe Junior or, or Twins. Junior, I mean, yeah. Junior. I, was thinking, I, was, I was thinking Twins. So yeah. I was thinking Twins, but yes, uh, obviously it's going to be my super ex girlfriend. No, no, yeah. no, Twins. No, 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 no. It's Twins. It's uh, Ghostbusters and Twins are the ones that kind of the the ones that I think well, people are stripes. Going, sure. Sure, stripes too. He uh, has, but he, but we were talking about this a little a little earlier before we recorded. But I mean, he's going to be known for I mean, getting like Bill Murray's Bill Murray's like movie career going, and for and for getting uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's comedy career going. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, those are those are the two big things. I mean, and he's done some other great things uh, throughout his career. Like, uh, I mean, it's a guilty pleasure of mine, but I really like Evolution. <laughs> And uh, I think Richard's a big fan of uh, No Strings Attached because of his favorite actor, Ashton Kutcher. Actually, I never saw that. Uh, I'll probably have to watch that eventually one of these days. But uh, one of his movies that I always watch, I, actually, I watched it probably like four months ago, is Dave. Dave. Yeah, Dave. Uh, that That's the movie that whenever it's on, I, I got to watch. Sort of like uh, uh, American Presidents. It's, it's, it's one of those movies that, <laughs> I don't know, I like. I continue to watch. It's a feel uh, good. It's a feel good yeah. dramedy uh, with Kevin Klein. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, but but of course, as far as Ghostbusters goes, um, uh, probably his uh, the other two is probably the the uh, the Arnold Schwarzenegger ones, Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Uh, uh, those are the ones I always watch, you know, continuously, and mm-hmm. I, I I still will. Well, Ivan Reitman. I mean, I, people might not really remember this, but he was born or he was raised in Canada, and he came up in that in that, in that late seventies, early eighties uh, comedy troupe with uh, SETV and those guys. He kind of started his career in a um, uh, was it National Lampoon magazine. He was kind of a guy who uh, t- 
directed some of those radio shows. Those oh, you know, so that, that that explains Animal House, National Lampoon, Animal yeah, House. Yeah, right? that's why he became, and that's why he knew he knew uh, uh, Bill Murray and all those guys. Mm-hmm. And um, and also a lot of people might not know this that even before that he was a producer and he produced a lot of uh, David Cronenberg's horror movies, his earlier horror movies. Mm. And so he was a guy who constantly was working behind the scenes. And then he finally got a chance to direct in the early eighties. And, you know, he exploded with ghostbusters and, or actually with meatballs. I mean, want to think about it. I mean, he meatballs was the thing that really made his career. And then ghostbusters made him into a superstar director and uh yeah he continued to be someone who is you know as good as a producer as he was a director and I, he was able to kind of jump in between dramedy and comedy but you know um he and, never... and he also um produced heavy metal which was very out of the blue oh, yeah. I, mean, I mean that's that's i mean but you, you got john candy in that i mean it was uh, why, why do you think he t- took i mean he hasn't directed a movie since 2014's draft day what you th- why do you think he like you know stopped or he, he, he i'm he... thinking he had health problems i mean it seemed now that because that he that he died at 75 i think he had some kind of health problems and uh it's it probably um and and with the the success that his son jason um it's you know when when you see your your son uh following in your footsteps and you see him take over basically he wanted to get out he, of the he way feel, he feels I have more a, I have it a, feels more like graceful or whatever like that, that i have a know. darker take <laughs> i have a darker take no because he was he was he was going to do ghostbusters 3 right that yeah. was the plan yeah well that, yeah and i mean that was that was around that was going to be after drafted and then uh you know, Amy Pascal, you know, this is all confirmed in the leaks, in the Sony okay. leaks, but Amy Pascal, like, you know, stole stole the movie away from him and, like, you know, locked locked him away from it. She was like, oh, this, this guy, he's an old man. He doesn't know anything about making movies anymore. He's past his time. And she, you know, gave it to Paul Feig and, you know, look what he did. Yeah, yeah. And I think that kind of, I think that kind of, you know, I mean, she she put a bad, you know, connotation on him in, in Hollywood, I believe. Well, uh, my super ex girlfriend and uh, the the other one uh, the uh, well after well draft day was successful though um, so yeah you're, you're yeah I mean. well I think in the in the late nineties and the early two thousands he was having a difficult time really finding projects to work I mean a lot of his stuff like like uh, even evolutions which is a movie that we both liked or we all liked uh, didn't get an audience and my super ex girlfriend was a movie that I again I kind of enjoyed in in, in its fun way but it didn't get an I never audience saw it. Oh, it's 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 not the greatest thing, but it's it's fun in the sense that in that early two thousands superhero type of way, kind of like the Hancock, but mm-hmm. like in a more silly way. Oh, all right, all right, yeah. What what uh, Ivan Reitman was so good at, it was able to kind of mix dramedy with comedy, and you know, I recently watched Ghostbusters like a couple months ago get, to get ready for Afterlife, and you forget how funny ghostbusters is but it's so grounded in some kind of you know real reality it's never over the top and it's very dry it's a dry it's really a, a deadpan comedy and the writing is so good in that film that's why i think it's uh, has lived on for so long the comedies now are so much into that snl sketch show type of mentality that stories get lost with the comedy it's it becomes more about the comedy it becomes about the scenario and how awkward we can make the the you know these type of situations and ivan Reitman was never about that kind of things he was more about how how precise we can make the comedy in the writing and how how we can make the writing 
uh, fit the story or the comedy fit the story. And I think that what makes him such a great comedy director. Yeah, and he and he produced a uh, uh, Space Jam, and um, that that was huge. And then, and then the next year he did, he produced a. Uh, uh, Howard Stern's private parts so with Betty <laughs> Thomas, Betty Thomas directing. Um, but yeah, I mean, and he's even, produced a even, lot of great things throughout yeah, his even, career. Even a couple years later, he produced old school. I mean, that's, mm-hmm. that's another movie that, you know, everybody watches. Yeah. He certainly was someone who liked the idea of being a mentor and, to, mm-hmm. and, and, and certainly in his own son's, uh, Jason Reitman's, uh, career, he had a really great eye for talent and that's you know mm-hmm. that that could be for directing or that could be just for actors. And you know he's the one who saw the 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 comedy potential in Arnold Schwarzenegger, who everyone thought was just going to be this action hero. And he was able he was the one who was able to say this guy is actually very charming, and mm-hmm. I think we could do something about that. And if you pair him with someone like Danny DeVito, you're going to have a big blockbuster. And that would ha- that's what happened with with uh, Junior, right? <laughs> that's well, what happened I mean, with twins. That's what happened with twins. Well, it was Ar- Arnold Schwarzenegger is like. One of one of his best uh, things that he 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 uh, looks back on is that um, uh, he he, uh, he passed on stop when my my mom will shoot and he he gave it to uh, Stallone to, to said uh, you know this is uh, perfect for you <laughs> and it's and it's produced by Ivan Reitman I mean, I, so yeah it's ex- extreme. It's extremely uh, tragic that we lost him. I mean, he's one of those guys in the business that everyone he worked with like liked him. He was like very well liked, you know, by yeah. you know, by all by all these actors. And um I, Richard was brought up earlier um before we recorded how uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was giving an interview I, I with who was it with Rich? It was Jimmy Kimmel Live and uh Arnold Schwarzenegger was asked about uh triplets if uh, um uh, how that situation is going. And he he said that they were uh, getting ready to shoot in the fall, so that's the project that. Yeah, he, that was going to be the return of Ivan Reitman, and like he also mentioned mentioned in that interview that uh, that Ivan Reitman had really kind of been developing that script and perfecting it over the past like decade, and it's like uh, I'm I'm sure the movie's going to end up getting produced eventually, but it's it's just a damn shame that you know it couldn't have been like Ivan Reitman's like triumphant like return. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if they're even going to be want to be involved after you know it, Arnold. Arnold I think they it. just need to give it some time and they'll do it. Yeah, Tracy Morgan will do it. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to our next uh, topic, which is um, you know speaking about someone who passed away, a legend who passed away. Let's talk about Douglas Trumbo. Oh. Douglas Trumbo was a visual effects uh, legend who, you know, I guess he's best work for he's best known for his work on Close Encounters of the Third Kind. He also did the landscapes in Blade Runner, and he also worked with Terrence Malick in The Tree of Life. But it, and if you don't know his work, you know the the, the spaceship that he created in, in in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. You definitely would know him for his uh, for his work in two thousand one, A Space Odyssey the iconic uh, uh, or the classic film from uh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, so he passed away this past week. He was 79 years old and he also was dealing with some uh, health issues. He he had a, he was uh, battling cancer and he had a brain tumor and he had a stroke. 
But let's really talk about the beauty of his work, because I think when we think about special effects, especially nowadays, we I think the goal of special effects nowadays is to make it as photo real as possible. And I think someone like D D Douglas Trumbo was someone who thought visual effects was could be more kind of painterly. And there was something you know magical about that. And it doesn't have to be photo real. It could be something beautiful in that sense. What's your feelings about, you know, his work? Yeah, um, I believe it's all the shots that were with, um, as far as Blade Runner and Star Trek goes in the 2001. It's the, 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 how the, the motion of the camera, right? I, I mean, you're, uh, he's showing the, the reflection of like, uh, of the light, the, the lighting, uh, like the perspective of him, of your, the characters, you know, puts you into the movie. Mm -hmm. there's a and certain that, there's a certain mood that you get with his special effects yeah. the, the the smoke and the fireballs that you see in blade runner did for he, instance. in 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 2001 in space odyssey he he's doing he's the one doing the um the ending right i believe so yes yeah the, like the most iconic part of the movie yeah because and there there you see a lot of you know those similar kind of visuals that are you know you can't really make out exactly what it is it's like yeah um I guess it is kind of like looking into a painting and kind of just like kind of making it out yourself in many ways. And, uh, but the thing I always really appreciated about, you know, just like those type of effects is just that, um, you know, now, now when you see visual effects, like it, it kind of all just kind of looks the same now. Yeah. yeah and yeah. yeah, they might, they might be able to create, you know, this, this vision, like where there's no like second guessing. It's like, you, you know, obviously what it is, but it also just kind of looks very fake and just so artificial. And then you go back and look at these classic movies and yeah, you might sometimes might have to question it at times, but it's still, there's something so striking about it. It's something that, you know, it's, it's, um, uh, I prefer it personally. Yeah, me too. I think, I think it's a lost art. And he worked on the, he worked on the tree of life. Where, yeah. Was that during the, the Sean Penn scenes? I'm not sure. I'm assuming. I'm not sure. Maybe. I, I, I think it's some of the, I think some of the birth of the universe. I think that's what it says here. Mm. Scenes, oh, okay. Oh, okay. Those okay. kind of uh, space looking scenes. He's also, you know, he was known for his visual effects, but he also directed uh, the 1972 film Silent Running, which is a, a cult classic. And it was, and it was kind of uh, before Star Wars. And I think the droids in Star Wars was kind of in inspired by those robots in silent running yeah yeah makes sense and he, he also directed the 1983 film uh brainstorm which starred christopher walken and natalie wood this was natalie wood's final film before you know she tragically died mm -hmm. but yeah so he's not you know he was a visual effects artist he's also a filmmaker and I, I yeah so there's videos of him like being interviewed and he was still working on uh just just a couple years ago still working on some of the 4k uh 3d effects and cameras and so he was still still very much involved in in, in advancing cinema in a technical way all right let's get to our uh some uh, movie news. Uh, Russell Crowe has joined the cast of Craven the Hunter. Russell Crowe, who, um, I don't know, what was the last time we saw him in a movie? Oh, Buddy. that uh, Unhinged? Um, <laughs> unhinged, yeah. Oh, uh, unfortunately, yeah, Unhinged <laughs> and uh, Riz's, um the, the Man with the Iron Fists or whatever. Oh, <laughs> that, no, was no, a, no, that was a while was, back, but yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so he's he's going to be joining Craven uh, the Hunter. He's go, there's we're not sure what character he's playing, but uh, uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson has was already already announced that he was going to be playing the main character, Craven the Hunter. So Crow might be playing someone a uh, part of his family members because apparently the story is going to be about Craven and his family members. So maybe there could be he could be playing Craven's father. Maybe I think he's going to be playing Craven the Hunter, the one we know from the comic books, mm. and. And, you know, with the with the fur, with the fur, uh, uh, you know, the, the vest, whatever, made of fur, and, and it's gonna be uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson's gonna be the new version, uh, so of this Craven the Hunter. So, I think he's gonna be like the first Craven and whatever, and it, and it's a line of Cravens. I don't think they're gonna do that. Well, we should add that Craven the Hunter is part of the the Spider Man universe. This is mm-hmm. kind of a, the, a very well known villain of Spider Man. He is a game hunter who hunts humans, but uh, Spider Man ultimately becomes his greatest feat Pray. or greatest yeah. goal. To, mm-hmm. You know, he hunts animals too. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I I love Russell Crowe, but I I don't really care. I mean, he's made some pretty bizarre career choices over the past decade like we just kind of mentioned and um i i don't i don't really trust his judgment for picking these type of movies he's a great actor i, I love the guy and i'm, I'm sure his presence is is, is going to improve the movie and going to help but i think this just sounds like a bad idea for a film um i don't know I, they they really need to sell me on this if this turns out to be like i don't know craven like hunting spider-man and hunting like venom and stuff like that i'd be down for that but i have a feeling this is just going to be some weird like origin story for craven the hunter and mm-hmm. i don't know if i want that well the director who's attached to direct this film is jc shandor who best known for a, a most violent year he also recently did the, the netflix film triple frontier which i liked a lot uh, mm. So he's not someone who I typically would think of as a as a kind of a comic book guy, but because uh, he's mostly grounded when it comes to his action or his dramas, so maybe he will bring a sense of kind of um, grittiness to to this project. Um, Russell Crowe, you know, he's a hit and miss type of actor, but he's when he's in, in like certain in certain supporting roles he could add something to the to the to a movie take for instance uh, uh zach snyder's uh, uh superman or a man of steel movie he mm. he was perfect at yeah. as as uh, uh superman's father in that so uh, jor-el jor-el yeah so uh, the nice guys he was awesome in that i mean yeah. oh yeah i forgot about that one yeah and great uh, movie and he's gonna have a little cameo in thor love and thunder as zeus so um and I know he's doing that the greatest beer run ever with uh, Zach Efron. That should be wrapped soon. So that's the Peter Fairley follow up. So um, mm. so so you you never know. I mean, yeah, you, you never know. And hopefully it's good. I mean, I hope maybe it's like he's like uh, Sean Connery in Highlander. He's there. He's the, like the, <laughs> a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well. Speaking of Zack Snyder, uh, we got some news, some casting news for for Snyder's next film for Netflix, Rebel Moon. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, Jimon Hansu, Bay Dunan, and Ray Fisher has joined the cast. Uh, the great Ray, Ray Fisher. Fisher. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, Sophia Botella is already has been cast as the lead, and I believe uh, Jenna Malone is also part of this mm-hmm. cast as t- uh, too. A bunch of Zack Snyder regulars. <laughs> yeah. So, and for those who don't know about what Rebel Moon is, this is a story about a peaceful colony on the edge of the galaxy that is threatened by an armies of of a tyrannical regent named Belisarius. And desperate for the colonists, dispatch uh, a young woman with a mysterious past to seek warriors from the neighborhood planets to help them out or help them make a stand. So this feels like a space set uh, Western where, you know, you get a bunch of outlaws uh, to defend your little town. This was originally supposed to be uh, Zack Snyder's uh, Star Wars movie that (laughs) I guess a movie that he pitched to uh, to Disney or whatever, but it was just like a little too. To to not what they are that what they want to do with with Star Wars and you know he just decided to make it his own and do it as a, a Netflix movie. Well, yeah, he recently re- released a couple of uh, images, uh, production designs, and yeah, it definitely has a look. It definitely has like kind of Star Wars feel, a Western space Western feel to it. Uh, yeah, Rich, what's your thoughts on this cast? It's pretty good, right? Uh, well, I don't know about good. I mean, um. But yeah, I'm just looking at these these stills. Um, yeah, hopefully they look they look like look um, like David Twohey's uh, uh, Pitch Black's uh, the second one, the uh, Chronicles of Riddick. You like the look of that the look of that movie? Yeah, I mean it's it's Zack Snyder, so it's gonna be green screen all over. So, <laughs> but you know, I think Zack Snyder is one of the rare directors who can able to use he knows how to use his green screen well. Yeah, like like yeah. some some other filmmakers just better than most. Yeah, some they just fall on their face when they use green screen. They just don't know how to do it. But Snyder is someone who actually understands visual effects much better than most directors working today. So, uh, so the fact that he's doing this kind of really sci-fi fantasy thing, I I, I like. I'm a fan of his work. I'm a fan of his movies. I, I, <laughs> I just hope the screenplay is great because that's the one problem with his movies yeah. usually. It's all, that's always his problem, man. Yeah, the fact that. But he, here, but here's the positive, though. Here's the positive, and it's the positive and the negative. Knowing Zack Snyder, but it's a Netflix movie, so they're going to give him. You know, they're going to let him do whatever he wants. So the movie could be any length. This might be like a six-hour movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> this is going to be a miniseries, probably at the end. Of it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so you know, like it's a good cast. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but definitely, Charlie Hunnam needs a hit, man. I mean. Yeah, 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 definitely. <laughs> Let's get to our next topic, which is Bob Marley. A biopic is in the works, and one night in Miami actor Kingsley Benadire is attached to a star as Bob Marley. Oh, he's the guy who played Malcolm X. He is the guy that played Malcolm X. Oh, he was badass in that one, yeah. I mean, uh, he could pull it off anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and this is going to be directed by King Richard director Ronaldo Marcus Green. Who is uh uh? It's I guess it's still an untitled film, but it's going to be based on Bob Marley's life. What's your thoughts on this project? Who's the writer? Oh, it's a uh, it's a uh, Zach Zach Balin. It's uh, it's uh, it's also the guy who who wrote King Richard. Oh. oh, so basically the same team behind King Richard. They're going to tackle Bob Marley. I I need to know more about like what what exactly they're trying to do because. I mean, it's such a long life, you know what I mean? Like, uh, I would prefer it if they just tackle, like, a certain part of its life, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I mean, the casting's great, because this guy was fantastic in uh, um, One Night in Miami. Yeah. Um, 
he does he doesn't like a, really look like Bob Marley that much, but I'm pretty sure like with makeup and stuff he'll you know he'll, oh yeah, yeah they can yeah. Ma- they'll make him look like him and uh, I know performance wise he'll pull it off. Um, I don't. I'm not sure. I don't. I, I'm not sure how I feel about everything else. <laughs> I, just, I, I like the actor. I like the actor. I love Bob Marley. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about everything else again. You you, you don't like the 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 King Richard team, the writer director team here. I don't. It depends their angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure. They, they, there's no really. They haven't disclosed what specific plot lines or plot details about this movie. Well. The only thing we really know is that it's going to focus on, on a certain part of Marley's life and career, you know. And you know, for those who don't know, Bob Marley was a famous reggae star in the seventies. Yeah, so I mean, I think they've been working for a Bob Marley project for a long time, and, and maybe this is just the latest iteration of of, of that would make sense. Of, yeah. of, a, of a yeah of of a, of a team here. Uh, Rich, what's well, your thoughts on the Bob Marley biopic? Do you know if the the family's involved? Because if they don't have the music, then I'm not watching it. <laughs> no, it, 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 look, it looks like it is. Okay, it really amazes me how how young Bob Marley was when he died. I mean, uh, uh, it, and he had like 50 kids, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so a lot of kids. It, yes, he was 36 well, when he was when he died of cancer. Right, and uh, and then there was also like kind of it, a failed uh, uh, assassin attempt too. In his right, life, that's so. that's why I like. To in, uh, yeah, well, yeah, that would be kind of interesting. All right, let's get let's get to some streaming news. If if you're a fan of uh, Marvel series on the, on Netflix, well, those shows are going to be going bye bye. Uh, these it, are the Daredevil, the Punisher, uh, Jessica yeah. Jones, Luke Luke, yeah, Iron Fist, Luke Cage, and the Defenders, which was the mm-hmm. team up uh, miniseries. Those the rights of those shows are going to be reverting back to Disney and. March first is, is is the date that they're going to be the, the deadline where they're going to be gone. Right. So you got about a month of time to finish uh, those <laughs> less shows. Than a, less than a month. Yeah, less than a month. So uh, for right now, the comp- uh, Disney has no no plans for where they're going to announce the new streaming home for these shows. But most likely, we all kind of think that it's going to on Hulu or something like that. Yeah, because I I, I recently saw that uh, they added. Uh, Deadpool one and two and Logan on uh, Hulu, uh-huh. so that makes sense because um, they'll probably want to make a a superhero, a Marvel superhero uh, catalog or something like that. You know, mini catalog. So yeah, so the, yeah, so Hulu already has some original Marvel series on that on that platform anyway. So it seems like the and be, and that's because of the the mature nature of those shows mm-hmm. and because uh, Netflix's Marvel series are kind of more gritty mm-hmm. that they won't appear in the disney plus no platform and most likely it's going to head it to hulu but as for now those those details have not been announced but yes you have less than a month to finish those shows on netflix so just a, a quick warning uh let's talk about disney plus uh marvel series ironheart the uh a- anthony ramos has joined the cast uh so this is the 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 kind of Iron Man spin-off series that will feature our character named Riri Williams. She is yeah. a gen- genius inventor and creator of the most advanced sci- uh, suit of arm- armor since Iron Man and she's going to be played by a newcomer, Dominic Thorne. And this character, this character is supposed to be uh, getting introduced in Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Uh, so like for, for speaking for myself, just the excitement of the show 
is really going to depend on how much I like that movie. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess talking about this uh, this announcement, I like Anthony Ramos. I think he's a good actor. Um, I, I don't I don't know if I'm necessarily excited to see him in in this particular show, but whatever. Yes, whatever. I, I I agree, and we don't know what kind of character he's playing because a lot of these shows are being kept under wraps. Uh, so, but he is going to be a part of the new cast of this series, and I'm not sure when it's going to be released, but it's it's in the works. Well, let's get to our next topic. Where um, and and casting news here, we got Ray Stevenson. He's going to be joining the cast of Ahsoka, which is the new Star Wars series. Oh, and he's already in the he's already in the whole Disney family because he plays um, what's his face in the Thor franchise. That's right. Yes, he's part of the Marvel universe. And yes, and and here we don't know what character he's he's going to be playing, but people are are saying that he's going to be playing one of the villains in the series. Rosario Dawson is the star of this series. She is playing Ahsoka. And I guess Mary Elizabeth Winstead has also been announced that she's part of the cast. Uh, Rich, Ray uh, Stevenson, that's one of your favorite actors, right? Yeah, from uh, uh, Rome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's how long ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I, I... He, he, he's an underrated actor, man. I mean, he... I, I thought he would have been like a, a kind of like a big actor, always like playing like villains and stuff like that or whatnot. And he's kind of just become like this like kind of like supporting actor guy. And uh, I don't know, but but I think he's a, I I think he's got a great presence. I really love him in the uh, the the critically hated Punisher Warzone. <laughs> I think he I think he brought brought a great presence in that film. And was it hated? Uh, it became it has become a cult film now. And but yeah, I mean, I, the, I I'm I'm excited to see him in the Star Wars universe. It's a, a great opportunity for him, and uh, I hope they make better use of him than the Marvel universe did. Yes, exactly. Um, so we also got some news about uh, Obi Wan Kenobi's the TV series for uh, for Disney. Uh, we got a re- release date. It's going to be premiering on May twenty fifth. Uh, and so, and also there, I guess they released a poster this past weekend. Uh, I thought we might have seen a teaser for Super Bowl, but that's not, wasn't the case. But what's your thoughts on, on, on Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, premiering on May, May 25th? Oh, I want to be so excited for this, but Boba Fett, I mean, uh, how, how can you be excited after watching Boba Fett? You know what I mean? This is just going to be like a, another fan service show, like a, I I I have no faith in this. Yeah, me too. I I'm I'm very skeptical when it comes to Star Wars. Even all actually all the stuff, even all the all the Disney Plus series. I haven't been a big fan of the Marvel series. And even Mandalorian, which everyone loves, I have I didn't really like the first season. I liked the second season more, but it's always been a hit and miss type of show. And the Boba Fett, well, it's just a big disappointment. Rich, what's your thoughts on on, on Obi Wan Kenobi? Can this break the curse? Is, is this the one that's going to be the true breakout for for Star Wars fans? <laughs> so far, uh, mm-hmm. Star Wars fans are they already love it. I mean, oh yes, they, yes. they, they all. They all are raving over Hayden Christensen being it. But do they really? I mean, is that really the hardcore Star Wars fans, or is that kind of uh, hard portion of it? Hardcore mm. like me, I can't stand it. I mean, mm. Hayden Christensen. I mean, uh, no. Um, is it a generational gap well, thing, or is like what certain- you know what I think it is? Let me give these my two cents really quick. I think it's all of the Star Wars fans that went out to go see Solo. You know what I mean? 
I think though, because that because Solo was a bomb for Star Wars, but it still made you know a nice chunk of movie, a mo- nice chunk of money for any other franchise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like if it wasn't Star Wars, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's the audience that's like obsessed with like Book of Boba Fett, and that they're mm-hmm. eating all of this up. And I think that's the dedicated fan base. I think the 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 OG fan base I think kind of like left a while ago. Well, my my Ob One is Sir Alec Guinness. If your Ob One is Ewan McGregor, then hooray for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I have no I have no beef with uh, Ewan McGregor. I think he's a a great Ob One. No uh, diss to Al- Alec Guinness, but um, I just have an issue with the writing. I guess mm-hmm. I, I think I think I think Ewan McGregor could shine as, as Obi Wan in the right in the right you know with the right screenplay. I just have no faith in um, Dave Filoni and John Favreau right now after after Book of Boba Fett. And I think anybody that's you know giving Book of Boba Fett a pass, I mean, is kind of just crazy. But well, next topic. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's get into the trailers that that was released this past week. I mean, we got a whole bunch of new, new trailers, mainly because it was Super Bowl weekend, and we got some really good uh, previews that came out of that uh, broadcast. We got a good look at Firestarter, this new uh, Stephen King adaptation, and I thought this was interesting that the, the movie, which stars uh, uh, Zac Efron uh, as the father of, of the little girl, which I thought was very strange, but... Uh, the, the idea that they're going to be releasing this in theaters and also on Peacock on May 13th. Like Marry Me. <laughs> like like recently the, the, the movie Marry Me. Is Which Pe- we will be reviewing at the end of this episode. <laughs> is Peacock the new HBO Max this year? Are they going to be putting more of their original films in, in or Universal? Universal going to be putting their original films on Peacock this year? I think they kind of have to because Peacock and Paramount Plus are really struggling. And I mean, they need to do whatever they can to get customers, you know, subscribed and new customers subscribing. So, I, I mean, I think the only way to do it at this point, because no one's watching their original content, is to do this day and date streaming thing yeah i think so i think peacock you know the streaming platform was betting a lot on their uh, on uh, on their uh, exclusive rights of the olympics and i think the ratings of the olympics have been pretty low and so they're going they're thinking of new ways to kind of bring new subscribers to peacock and like it or not i mean people complain about how hbl max uh, did did the movies wrong by releasing their films on on the same date as their theatrical releases but it helped uh, HBO Max they have gr- they have grown a, a lot of subscribers through last year and i think peacock is thinking that they might do the same thing they're not struggling the same way that peacock and paramount are i mean they're they're actually kind of com- competing with the big big streaming services and it's kind of unexpected which one you mean HBO Max HBO, HBO Max, yeah. And that's because they, they did this whole kind of, the whole last year was like they're going to premiere their movies uh, on, on HBO Max at the same time as the theaters. And I think Peacock is thinking, well, we, we should do that same thing. That uh, th- We need to build this kind of streaming platform that it's very low on subscribers uh, at the moment. And so I think they're hoping that they're going to build more subscribers by releasing some of these some of these movies. Uh, which is uh, Firestarter, which I don't know if Firestarter was the right choice, but you know I understand. I mean, it doesn't look that great. What's what's your thoughts on the on the trailer itself? It looked it looked okay uh, to me. It looked, Blumhouse, it's Blum, it's a typical Blumhouse restart, mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's. I wouldn't say typical. Well, it it 
They look fine. You mean, you mean typical in, as in, in low budget horror thriller? Yeah, type of stuff. yeah. a reboot of an uh, a, a, a well, reboot of another uh, uh, franchise. Well, over uh, another remake, whatever. Basically, another. Uh, but Stephen King. to me, it didn't. Uh, to me, it looked a bit different than what we usually expect from a, a typical horror remake. Um, it, first of all, it looked like an action movie. It looked like a superhero movie, and it, it gave me uh, actually a vibes more of uh, the the. Um, James Gunn produced movie Brightburn. Um, so I, I don't know. I think it seems like a very kind of like interesting approach. I mean, it, it really, I didn't get horror vibes at all from the whole, from the whole trailer, but it looks entertaining. I mean, on Peacock, I'll check it out. I mean, I'll have a, a review on inside flicks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also was released this past week was DC scissor reel, which is, uh, which is a kind of a, a sneak peek of a lot of things that, uh, for upcoming DC movies, that are being released this year. Which are Flash uh, movie? Aquaman, yeah. The, the Flash, the Batman, uh, Black Adam, and Aquaman 2. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. And so what's your thoughts on, on seeing this sneak peek preview? Well, it's really our kind of first look at the whole Black Adam movie. Everything else, yeah. like, for the most part, except for one tiny shot of the Flash movie, everything else is stuff that had been released previously. Okay. But first look at Black Adam at the actual movie. Well, actually, second first look at the movie because we did get also a clip um, during DC fandom. And I wasn't very impressed with this clip. But the clips we get in this new sizzle reel, like seeing the JSA, seeing uh, Black Adam and uh, Adam Smasher and Dr. Fate and um, uh, Hawkman in action and stuff. I mean, this looks absolutely fantastic. I, I can't wait to watch it. This looks super cool. <laughs> yeah, um, I, 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 although it was brief, yeah, I, I agree. It was um, uh, the first quick look, so it was it was good to watch. And the costumes look great. Yeah, I was impressed by the the footage I saw for Black Adam. I mean, mostly Black Adam. Everything else was kind of uh, really actually Aquaman. Aquaman. I was I, I was impressed by the Aquaman stuff too. Um, uh, another trailer that came, <clears throat> another trailer that came out this past week was Winning Time: The Leg the Rise of the Lakers Dynasty. This the HBO miniseries that's about the basketball legacy uh, of, of the Los Angeles Lakers, kind of the rise of the 1980s uh, Lakers. This is kind of a comedy, I guess, you could, or a retro-styled comedy. And it's from uh, Adam McKay. He's producing this, and it stars John C. Riley as the legendary uh, Los Angeles Lakers owner Jerry Buss. Uh, Rich, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, you you're someone who grew up in this, the, the, during the '80s, and you remember this kind of uh, the the high the the height of of the Laker fandom. And yeah, they really got a, a good-looking uh, magic man. Uh, I don't know who this newcomer is, but um if he, if he could pull us off i mean this is this is great i mean i love all, i love all the cast it's all mixed yeah it's everywhere. a great cast there's a great cast the, the newcomer is quincy isaiah and uh i believe he's a newcomer and he the, he is cast as magic johnson there's also a cream there it also looks good too but um yeah it, it's i can't uh, you know, you, you come up with this you know i'm i'm going to make a lakers movie and you you know i'm going to <laughs> Uh, who's gonna play magic? They found him, they actually <laughs> found him. It, it looks great. Uh, yeah, this I'll be watching this one. Yeah, this series looks absolutely incredible, man. Like, I, I don't even know exactly how 
they're gonna like pull this off because in the t in the trailers that we've gotten they really tease like so many things like going into like all these players lives and all the kind of like different um you know ca- career sidetracks uh, uh that they've taken throughout uh the you know careers and stuff and i i don't know i don't know how narratively they're gonna pull this off but it looks incredible mm-hmm. and uh i mean the cast they've assembled man i mean like what what a cast like, like I mean, seeing the trailers for this this series must really piss Will Ferrell off, right? I, mean, yeah, I was about I was about to ask you about this. I mean, John C. Riley is playing Jerry Buzz. There was this talk about how Will Ferrell perfect wa- casting. I think it's I think he's great from what I could tell. He looks perfect as Jerry Buzz. Now there was this talks about how Will Ferrell wanted to play Jerry Buzz, and this is the reason why he broke up his relationship with Anna McKay because he was not cast in this miniseries, and that's why they kind of break up the the production company that they had and for people listening that are, that aren't that aren't aware you know um adam mckay p- pretty much you know got will ferrell's career started i mean they he wrote all of will ferrell's like big sketches on saturday night live he directed mm-hmm. and uh, uh he directed all of you know his big comedies including anchorman and you know stem brothers and i mean the, the these guys splitting up it was is huge was mm-hmm. huge because like they basically owned a company together yes yeah <laughs> it was them splitting up with the end of a company like <laughs> it was the end of an era <laughs> it was, yeah simon simon and garfunkel of comedy <laughs> yeah like rich i was i'm i grew up in the 80s and i remember showtime i remember this particular time in the lakers and it was the kind of greatest time ever because it was the 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 the, the circus came in town you know it's like they became all all of them became rock stars and it was such a fun time and i you don't see that nowadays it's it become i think laker or i think basketball has become some more some more commercialized now that it, it kind of loses that same spirit that the that, that they had in the 80s it's just not the same and to and to see this trailer and see some of this stuff come alive again i was really excited it was it, this is going to be a fun mini series i hope it's really good i really hope it's good this is one of those mini series that I'm okay with the season being like 12, 13, 14 episodes <laughs> being long because it, it's so much story, you know what I mean? But yeah, I'm definitely excited for this. Looking forward to it. All right. Right now, let's talk about Super Bowl trailers. I was surprised about this year because I thought maybe they're going to be low key. I didn't know they're going to have so many projects. They're going to sneak peek here. But yes, we got a lot of really great teasers. Let's start with Adam Project. This is the Ryan Reynolds Netflix film. He plays a time traveler. He it seems like he is looking to save his future, and he's gonna he needs he needs the help of his twelve year old self. Uh, what's your thoughts on on this uh, teaser for the Adam Project? Well, personally, I'm I'm a big fan of Ryan. Reynolds and you know I'm I'm looking forward to the movie for just seeing his new movie but um, I'm not really sold on the trailer Mm. Um, it it seems like it could be an interesting movie but I don't know also kind of just looks like another Netflix movie at the (laughs) same time I'm hoping the next trailer uh, sells me a bit more on the story but it, it could be good you never know. <laughs> well, we show. I also mentioned that Ryan Reynolds is teaming up with Free Guy director and producer Sean Levy, Sean Levy for this, and it's you know this is kind of going to be another high concept thing. And while I liked Free Guy, the him reteaming with um, Sean Levy, yeah, that doesn't inspire much confidence in, in me because I'm not a big fan of that director. I mean, he does a lot of like kind of family movies and a lot of children comedies. I know everyone loves him because of Stranger Things and stuff, but I mean. I, I think people give him too much credit for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a big fan of him. Well, surprisingly, Free Guy was a huge hit for 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 last year, 
And yeah. I, I think people kind of loved that movie and loved the the fact that Sean Levy was able to tap into something that we haven't seen with Reynolds before. Uh, what surprised me with this trailer that we got to see Mark Ruffalo and, and Zoe Sadana and Jennifer Gardner. This is kind of a decent cast. Rich, what's your thoughts on, on Adam Project? I thought it looked good. I mean, I, I, I go, what is this, uh, a sequel to uh, 13 Going on 30? because <laughs> <laughs> that was that dealt with time travel too mm -hmm. so uh um but uh yeah uh i particularly don't like ryan Reynolds in anything basically <laughs> yeah. but this one looks actually pretty good he could pull it off in this one i really um this this one looks cool to me i mean it has that um uh i, I like the time travel stuff i i, I like uh, uh sci-fi it, it's 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 going to be kid friendly, of course. So you got that going for it. So it could be it could be really good. Hey, hey, Rich, let me let me ask you really quick. Did you, did you ever watch uh, Netflix's uh, Lost in Space reboot? Uh, I I saw a little bit of it. Just did you? Little. Was it your was it your cup of tea or? No, no. Uh, I, All right. I, yeah. All right, let's talk about the, our next trailer. It's Jurassic World Dominion. This is the epic conclusion of the Jurassic. Uh, I guess the franchise, or at least the, the Jurassic World franchise, this is going to be bringing two generations together. This includes Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard, Sam Neill, Laura Dern, and Jeff Goldblum. Uh, what's your the feelings about this kind of monster movie sequel, which is going to be set for set four years after the events of Fallen Kingdom? Okay, well, so I, I, really quick, I've been seeing a lot of like just reactions to this trailer online, and like everyone seems to be going wild. It seems to like for some people be having that kind of like you know, remember in the Star Wars Force Awakens trailer, you know, when you see it like Han Solo for the first time and, he, and he's <laughs> with Chewbacca. Mm -hmm. People people seem to be reacting like the way that when they saw that for the first time, and I'm just watching this trailer. I'm like, I I don't I'm not feeling it. I'm not, I'm not getting no reaction from me at all. Um, but that being said, I don't think the movie looks terrible. It, it's, it looks like they're taking a much darker approach. It almost got a little bit of a, uh, I guess like a planet of the apes, the, the kind of the Matt Reeves planet of the apes vibe, just a little bit. And, um, I don't know. It looks cool, but at the same time, for me, it's just like, why did it take so long for them to do this movie? Like, shouldn't they have made this like two movies ago? <laughs> but uh, it looks okay. Uh, Rich, your your thoughts because I mean this is going to be set in a world where dinosaurs are ro roaming free, uh, and it's also the you know we get to see uh, Sam Neill back and Laura Dern. I think this is the best trailer I've seen in a long time. Do you know why? <laughs> why? Because Universal put it in 4K. <laughs> uh, I, that's the big story here. This this is uh, the actual studio putting their trailers up on in 4k why aren't why hasn't any studios putting up their their trailers in 4k i mean everybody has 4k tele, uh, uh, monitors now everyone has 4k televisions why aren't they putting their trailers up in 4k they finally did it with this damn trailer i i uh i hate colin trevorrow i don't i don't i don't trust his ass i don't trust his ass at all but the but the trailer looked great because it's 4K. <laughs> okay, and 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 that's what the that's what you got to be sticking. To. I mean, uh, that's what you so, got out of the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 I knew I knew it was going to be nostalgia. It's going to be nostalgia. Another, uh, but uh, um, 4K. Four. I mean, 
That's how easy you are. Just as no, long no. as you put 4K. That's, that's how I go. Finally. Uh, the, the studio went, <laughs> studio went ahead and put them. I don't have to wait for the director to put 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 their move to put the trailer on Vimeo or whatever it is uh, in in 4K whatever um, uh, themselves. Right on their personal yeah. account. Well, let me say this. Let me say this. I, I think when I let me say this. When I saw the trailer, I was really excited about it. But deep in my heart, I know this is going to suck because I'm not. Yeah. A, I'm not a fan of Jurassic World franchise. I'm not a fan of the director Colin Trevorrow. And although I would say this, because he got a lot of crap for his last movie or a couple movies ago, the the Book of Henry was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yes. he that might put a little flame up his ass, or like, or you know, I think he might think, oh, I yeah. really got to come back with a really great one. So maybe this possibly might be his best work yet. Now I'm a, actually liked his very his first movie, his uh, yeah, uh, what's it called? Um, not necessary. No, what was it called? Um. Um, oh yeah, I forgot. Uh, Safety not guaranteed. That was a great movie. Yeah, safety not guaranteed. Yeah. That was a very that was a very small like it. It is a sci-fi movie, but it's a very small, low-budget, character-driven like indie comedy. Mm-hmm. And then like he started making like uh, Jurassic World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think sometimes when you break into Hollywood and you have your your ass kiss for for and you think you you're not you know you're not doing wrong. Now that the fact that he got you know he got little. F- backlash for his last movie and he kind of lost the star wars his star wars movie you know he kind of lost that so i think he needs to he felt like he needs to prove himself well i don't so know I'm, if losing the i don't know if losing the star wars movie was necessarily his fault right wasn't that like a ryan johnson thing? <laughs> yes but i but i i think that it, it, it was because of book of henry and people were calling him out yeah you know so i think i think i think it's now it seems like he has something to prove and maybe that would help with this movie who knows i I liked it i liked the trailer it's a really good it's a really good trailer really fun trailer it kind of reminds me of uh spider-man no way home where are we going to get to see a lot of these old characters coming back into a franchise and i think that's maybe the new way of how we see these new ip films put a lot of old characters coming back in the movies and and it's going to make a lot of money i think this movie is going to make a lot of money even oh, yeah. if it's good or not all right let's get to a, a big one that came out this uh, this this sunday a big trailer that came out this sunday dr strange in the multiverse this is kind of the full-length look at the the new sequel that stars benedict cumberbatch and uh yeah what's your thoughts on this one i'll say this the movie looks good but for myself personally like just being so kind of disappointed with everything that marvel has released in the past year I feel a little burnt out on Marvel. And so even if this is like ends up being like the best Marvel movie uh, ever, I just don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't care. I'm over it. Uh, I'll watch it, but I'm not really excited to watch it. Uh, it looks like a hot mess. Really? Yeah. And I'm, 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 I like the, the, the TV spot better. Um, it's all that what if crap. Um, mm-hmm. the, it's called the. Um, it it really is, and they even tease uh, um, Professor X. I mean uh, Patrick Stewart. Yeah, and it oh, and it's Patrick Stewart, man. It was so disappointing. Like yeah. after like that beautiful exit in Logan. Yeah. Like I really did not want Patrick Stewart I, I to really... return. I was real. I had my fingers crossed it was going to be James McAvoy. You had mm-hmm. no idea how bad I wanted it to be James McAvoy. I like James McAvoy as Professor X. Bring him in there. It makes more sense to have James McAvoy, you know, with this young cast. But uh, this is going to be Spider Man to the twenty. They really power. have to. 
Yeah, they really have to ruin that that beautiful Logan ending, right? They yeah. really they have to ruin. I guarantee you, Hugh Jackman's going to show up in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, it's 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 too bad that it's uh, the, you know, this could, this could be great for Sam Raimi, or this could be another nail in the coffin for him. Well, no, I, the Marvel I, fans are going to love it. Yeah, the Marvel think, fans are going to love I think it. They're going to eat it up. Yeah, I think this movie is going to be is going to do gangbusters. I think this is going to be as big as Spider. I mean, not as big, but it's going to be one of the biggest movies of the year. Now we should say that we not we don't know for sure that's Patrick Stewart in that voice uh, voiceover. We know, we know, we know, <laughs> we know it is. We know, the, we if know. they put it on the trailer, that that it means you know it's, it's, it's sad but true. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I really like the trailer because I like to see Sam Raimi. I could see Sam Raimi's fingerprints on this. That's the why yeah. I like the trailer. There's a there's a there's a big gothic vibe to it. I I I, I said that in my uh, when we talked about the the first trailer. I think in our Spider Man Nowhere Home spoiler review. I mean, I really loved um, the whole gothic look to it. There's there are moments in the trailer where you get this really dark look to it, where it takes me back to like the to the um, it takes me back to the Dark Souls video games. And it takes me back to like a, a lot of the, like Bloodborne video games, and I'm pretty sure that's going to just end up being a very small aspect of the movie, but it looks cool. So you, the reason I say uh, uh, Sam Raimi, because particularly that scene with the with the one eye monster where he's fighting the one eye monster, I'm like, oh, that's that's really cool. Now I don't know if that's going to be just a small portion of this movie or whatever, but I that one eyed monster is in uh, What If, right. right? In the first episode, fighting Sharon Carter. Oh right? well, I, and I think it's also <laughs> been I think it's also been confirmed that Sharon Carter is supposed to the, the animated version of Sharon Carter, Captain Carter, is supposed to show up during this movie, well, and a bunch of What If characters are also yeah, supposed to be. It seems up. like it seems like every every character that's available is going to show up in this movie. Well, they got that America Chavez character, and I saw I saw her in the TV spot version. That she's wearing the coat, the coat with the the star on it, so that might be her. That's that. But don't you think it feel? Does don't you think it feels like Sam Raimi here that he he's he's making? I mean, this doesn't look like a particular standard Marvel movie. This looks like kind of does at times. Well, I don't know. Well, no, there's there's there's, there's like some camera um flourishes that reminds me of what uh, sammy was known for and is known for i that's what i'm excited about to see sam Raimi come back come back again and really do something with this marvel film yeah is he uh, able to like work with this kind of corporate machine who knows but i i was excited to see some of the scenes in the film like this you know yeah i'm i'm hoping it, it, it's a lot better than it looks oh so you uh, didn't you didn't like yep. the, you don't like any of the trailer no, I mean it. It was just too um, messy. Yeah, it was too much hot garbage. I mean, it was like too much, too quirky. It's a mess. It was, yeah, it's a hot mess. It's 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 like what if um, brought to life, and uh, I didn't like the what if. All right. Speaking of Marvel, let's talk about Moon Knight. They also had a, a TV spot that premiered during the Super Bowl. Let's talk about that. Uh, this is another look at uh, Oscar Isaac as the title character. We also got a, a few glimpses of Ethan Hawke as the main villain. What's your thoughts on Moon Knight, the TV series? It looked good. I got a yeah. I mean, I got a bit of a kind of like early two thousands comic book movie vibe. Um, but I guess with today's like budget, uh, I got I don't know. I got I got a little bit of a Ben Affleck Daredevil vibe. But <laughs> if it had been if if it had been cool, if that makes sense, I don't know. Unlike. Uh, yeah, unlike the the trailer, I mean, this one actually had Moon Knight, and that that's 
that's in most of it. So that that was a good thing. Well, well, in the trailer, we had a few a quick glimpse of Moon Knight in his costume. Here, mm-hmm. again, this is only a thirty second TV spot, but there was a, this really cool uh, image where he's flying in the air and he has his cape up and it looks like a crescent moon. It looks pretty cool. Yeah. And, and I guess um, because they also uh, released a, a photo of a, of a different version of Moon Knight, which in, in like a moon suit, <laughs> in like I don't know, a, a suit. So we're going to have different. I mean, just like uh, he's got split personalities or whatever. We're going to have split yeah. per, uh, person, <laughs> personalities of Moon Knight, too. So I hope it's good. But I, I mean, like I said, I kind of have a little bit of Marvel fatigue right now. Not superhero fatigue, because I, I mean, there's a lot of superhero stuff coming out that I'm excited for, and I love all the superhero shows that are coming out, like The Boys and Invincible and stuff like that. Yeah. But um, the Marvel stuff, I mean, it, it, I mean, ever since Endgame ended, it's just it hasn't been good. Yeah. So the uh, Moon Knight is going to be premiering on March 10th on Disney Plus. Another big trailer that came out during Super Bowl was the first look of Nope, which is the latest film from Jordan Peele. Uh, this is kind of looks like a horror and sci-fi mixed together. What's what's you guys' thoughts on Nope? <laughs> I have I mean, no idea what it is. So it, it's uh, it's it seems like it's out of this worldly, um, but. Uh, do, do you think I, it's a flying saucer? Yeah, or, or is it the, or is it a cloud? I, I don't know. It's, it's got that uh, Independence Day vibe to it, but we haven't. We don't know what the, they're looking at. It's like the teasers for Independence Day. Like they're all looking up, and you see the the the, the saucer. Mm-hmm. Well, in this stuff, you you see all of them looking up, but you don't know what it's what what they're. What they're looking yeah, at. Yeah. Uh, Raymond, you've been wa- waiting to see some kind of footage of this movie. W- what's your thoughts on now yeah. Now seeing the trailer? Yeah, on, uh, on our YouTube channel, I, I did a, my top 10 most anticipated movies of 2022, and I have this on my list. And um, I guess I'll say really quick, while uh, I'm a huge fan of Jordan Peele as a filmmaker, I think he's an incredibly talented director. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a screenwriter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not crazy about all, about really any of his screenplays that he's written, but I think he's a great premise guy, especially with Get Out. That movie had an incredible premise, and you know, with his direction, you know, it, you, you can almost overlook all the flaws in the screenplay. But uh, this movie, he has really kind of been cooking for a long time. I mean, he's been like it seems like he's been working on the screenplay for this movie much longer than uh, any of his un- other screenplays. And I'm excited for this movie. I mean, the trailer, the trailer is fantastic. I mean, I have no idea what's going on, like you just said. I mean, we have this kind of like introduction about like these like uh, like black uh, uh, black uh, horseback riders, and it yeah. kind of gave me this this uh, little bit of a vibe of that uh, that movie you reviewed, Mike, uh, with Idris Elba, uh, that, that Concrete Netflix. Cowboy. Yeah, I got a little bit of vibe of that, and then it kind of turns into this like sci-fi horror thing. I'm like, what is going on here? I have no clue, but I'm I'm definitely intrigued, and I fingers crossed it's more like Get Out and less like Us. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, Peel's reteaming with uh, his Get Out star Daniel Kaluuya. He it seems like from the footage, I'm judging judging by the footage, it seems like he's playing some kind of uh, horse wrangler. Uh, who probably works at film shoots. 
And it seems like yes. he's working on some kind of commercial or some type. You know, they're they're outside of Los Angeles, and it seems like this mysterious flying object kind of invades this desert town. In the in the in the cast, you got Kiki Palmer and uh, Stephen Young, who uh, I we still don't know what their characters are. Uh, it looks interesting. I like the how the how they're keeping everything a mystery. That's probably the best thing about the trailer. You don't want to expose all the secrets just yet. But yeah, this that's mo- the only thing that worries me about it, though, because they did the same thing with the Us trailer, <laughs> with the Us marketing in general. And while I don't think Us is a bad movie, I think it's I think it's definitely a, a worthwhile film. That screenplay was just a mess. I mean, the the whole story felt like it still needed a whole lot of like you know fine tuning. Yeah, and, uh, big, like, big yeah, concept. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, yeah. I, I hope that this movie um is a bit more, I guess, uh, fine tuned. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Nope is going to be coming out this summer in July 22nd. Another big trailer that dropped this Sunday. It's the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. This is the first look of the highly anticipated Amazon original series that's based on uh, the J.R.R. Tolkien classic fantasy novels. This is kind of set before The Hobbit, before The Lord of the Rings. Uh, and we're going to get a young uh, um, Elrond and a young... Elrond uh, um, uh, Galandrol. The eye, right? right. Uh, so, what's your thoughts on this uh, this footage? It does look different than uh, Peter Jackson's. Um, uh, they, act- they actually showed a lot more than I thought they were going to do. Um, but yeah, it looks. I only saw the trailer once, so I got to see it again. But yeah, it's uh, expensive, I, right? Uh, yeah, it does look expensive, but uh, I think they. Um, I mean, this is a TV. This is Amazon TV series. I only this is um, a fifty plus million per episode. So I don't know. It, it, well, it, let me say really quick that uh, my my two cents. Um, I don't like it. Uh, I'm not sold on this at all. I, I really the only thing I liked about this was really just the landscapes and stuff. Uh, I think the locations are great. Good locations. Um, that that's it I, I i really don't like this at all i'm not i'm not liking the feel i'm not excited for the show anymore they well, lost me oh well, you were excited before yeah well i I'm, i was not a fan I, i'm not a fan. well actually i haven't seen the hobbit but i, I i'm i'm a in a casual fan of the lord of the rings i'm not like a super fan of the lord of the rings uh and so i had really no interest in this this series at all uh, so the trailer kind of caught me, got uh, caught me off guard because I didn't realize this it was going to be this expensive or this expensive looking, and because of that, I go, oh, so they are putting a lot of money into this, and they are putting a lot of work into this. So let me, I'll check it out when it comes out. I think it's, it's slated for September second, so we still got a lot more time, and there's definitely going to be another trailer coming out before the uh, the air date, but. Um, yeah, I'm 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 interested, but again, I'm not really a big token guy, and I, I don't, you know, there's been a lot of fantasy f- uh, films and series that have come out that I just kind of lost interest in the stuff. Um, it's an interesting trailer. It's a good trailer, uh, but but it's not definitely not for me. But I'll probably will check it out once it come out. The thing that made me actually interested in the pilot series or at least the first two series episodes that it's going to be directed by the spanish director j.a bayona 
who uh, 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 directed An Impossible. He directed Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. He also directed A Monster Calls. So he is a director who has a really great visual eye. So that makes me want to maybe maybe check out the first two episodes. Definitely. I got to see how much they get, how much money they spent. So, yeah. I'll give the first two episodes a chance, but I'm not excited. Um, yeah, before we go, uh, let's uh, quickly review Marry Me. Uh, this is the new uh, Jennifer Lopez rom-com with uh, Owen Wilson. This was released in theaters and also on Peacock. Uh, so me and uh, me and uh, Raymond saw this movie. Uh, Raymond, what's your thoughts on Marry Me? This is a kind of Jennifer Lopez is playing basically Jennifer Lopez okay. and Owen Wilson is playing a math teacher and they kind of uh, are forced into this uh, strange uh, relationship and, and uh, that that, that they, they get married it's kind of a pr stunt uh but then they actually fall in love and, and and you know you know you know how this goes uh what's your thoughts uh okay well really quick i just wanted to correct something you said uh i, I watched this movie and then you watched it the next day <laughs> like we, we didn't watch this movie together <laughs> oh yeah 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 no no we didn't hold hands and, and went to the theaters to see this no actually no no, no. I, no I, I i had uh, i was talking shit on the movie and then i heard that it was doing did well on friday and uh, box office wise i'm like oh yeah wow this is surprisingly maybe this is actually a good movie and it's on peacock and i'll check it out and man i was disappointed but let me hear your thoughts raymond yeah yeah and and yeah and, and i watched and i decided to watch this movie mostly i guess for two reasons because i want because i'm going to be recording i guess my review later for on, on our youtube channel and I wanted, I just wanted, you know, appeal to uh, another demographic that we're not reaching. <laughs> mm-hmm. And also the Jennifer Lopez uh, to demographic. Be on, and, to, and also to be, and, and also to be honest, because I like Owen Wilson. I like Owen Wilson, yeah. and you know, I wanted to see something kind of like light and yeah. And I and I'm kind of uh, for the most part, I guess, in, a, in agreement with Mike, even though he hasn't really stated his opinion on the movie yet. Um, I think the movie is um, a mess. I think, unfortunately, like, even the stuff I wanted from this movie, just like a kind of a cute little romantic comedy between J-Lo and Owen Wilson, that that's not even really the movie we get. That romantic comedy that I kind of wish this was takes a complete backseat to this like Jennifer Lopez vanity project where she's essentially just like... I don't know. Like it's weird. Like she's trying to sell this soundtrack. There's like 14 tracks in the movie or whatnot, and like they and for the most part, all the songs are like played like from beginning to end, and like J Lo does like more singing and performing musical like performances and rehearsals and stuff throughout this movie than she does just actual acting, like delivering dialogue and stuff. It's kind of ridiculous, and um, un- unfortunately, you know, because there's so much dedication to all this like. Uh, to all this, to this whole soundtrack and to like the characters, basic Jennifer Lopez is essentially playing herself. And because there's so much dedication to all of that and like uh, filling us in and like the stuff JLo does on a day to day basis, the whole romance is really just like, I don't know, like um, 30 minutes of the movie. So whenever all these like key points that you, you expect from these typical rom coms to happen, it, they feel so unearned. Like the, the the these like story beats like feel so forced and you really never ever ever buy the romance between them. In fact, you almost kind of like at certain points think J Lo, you should be running back to your ex boyfriend because I know he <laughs> cheated on you, but but he still makes more sense for you than Owen Wilson. And I want to be ruined for Owen. I love mm. Owen, but you guys just aren't a match. <laughs> 
Well, I think these type of movies, when you're dealing with rom-coms, most of it is based on chemistry. If the, if the two leads have chemistry and these two people are like aliens, they're not real people. They're it's not, so they're, unfortunate. <laughs> they're like talking past each other. They're not even real people in the, in these movies, in this movie. They have zero chemistry, uh, unfortunately. And, and, and then, and I go, maybe that makes sense because, you know, they have this weird scenario where they just I was get... thinking the same thing <laughs> as well. I was thinking like, it has to be just the beginning. Like it's awkward in the beginning. And then yeah. once we get past this pat the setup, they're going to fall in love and, and never happen. They I were never... so focused on the selling the soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. You never, they never once click in. Uh, Owen Wilson's not there in the in the scene and jennifer lopez is not there in that same scene i mean they're just like talking past each other they're, it's like you know we have to get this scene done because you know lunch is in 20 minutes or whatever it feels really rushed it feels very kind of uh um just kind of just just bland it's a very bland movie and you got this side character played by sarah sarah silverman who's doing the ultimate Sarah Silverman, Silverman character. She is the sidekick. She she comes in with some, you know, jokes. And it's just, it, all of it falls flat. Everything's bad. This is a terrible movie. Well, it's not, it's not, Sarah, it's not Sarah Silverman's no, fault. No, I thought she no. gave a great performance. It's the material. And I, I actually, I think for the most part, like besides uh, Owen Wilson, I think most of the cast is actually pretty good in the movie. It's just, it's just really, this is a really, really bad screenplay. Like the little girl from uh, um, uh, the Dave Bautista movie, My Spy, shows up in this, and she has very little to do in the movie. But there is a scene in like towards the end of the film where she has to get emotional. She do she doesn't need to get that emotional, <laughs> and the role doesn't re the role doesn't require that much. But she goes like full crying, like she gets so emotional, and it's like, oh yeah, I forgot this girl's actually a really good actress. But she, I, I mean, everyone's good. In I think everyone is good in the movie. It's just the material. Also, like John Bradley from Game of Thrones shows up in the movie. I thought he was I thought he was pretty good. Also, got to give a, a, a round of applause, right? Because I know he he lost all the weight uh, like during Game of Thrones, but it's been so long since I've seen the guy. I was like, I completely forgot. You know, you remember him in the early seasons of Game oh, of Thrones? Yeah, yeah, guy yeah. lost so much weight. <laughs> round of applause for John Bradley. <laughs> yeah, and a round of applause for, for, for John Bradley for, for having two movies, <laughs> for having two movies in theaters that no one cares about. <laughs> well, let me, say, let, me, let me say this. Uh, 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 yeah, this definitely feels like a, well, this should have worked because this feels like it should have been a modern, a modern day take on a, uh, a Notting Hill where, you know, a normal dude. Falls I wanted to love this movie. Yeah. I wanted to like it. And, and Notting Hill, you know, a normal guy falls in love with, uh, with an actress, a big time actress. And the same kind of could have this. So, so this should have worked. The, the formula has been proven right. You could do it. It just doesn't work in this film. Let me say this. I think th there's something I could recommend that has the same exact premise. It's a, it's a ABC, ABC show that I saw last year. It was really good. It's called the Baker and the beauty <laughs> or maybe it's the beauty and the Baker. I don't know. It looked it up. It's I, I think it's on Hulu. It has the exact same premise where there's this normal guy who falls in love with a superstar moguls, you know, and in that one there's, it's a, a local Baker, a Cuban Baker. And I think it's set in Miami and he, he falls in love with uh, like a Kim Kardashian type. And, uh, it, I really enjoyed that, that show. And part of me thought that this was going to be a version of that. Uh, um, no, far from it. Uh, I would, I would, I would recommend the Baker and the Beauty, which is 
unfortunately, I don't think it got a second season, but it's it's available on, on I guess Hulu. It's an ABC show. Watch that instead. Yeah, and I guess for myself mm-hmm. to give the movie some positives, um, I I, I got to really just stay straight up. Well, I'm definitely always open to a good rom com. This is not this is not my type of rom com. This is this is a movie that's really made for a very specific audience, and I think the intended audience is going to enjoy this movie. I just it, you know it's just not for me. This is like a total like movie for for women really, and um, if I think the women that are really going to enjoy this also are going to be like Jennifer Lopez fans because this is really just Jennifer Lopez playing herself. She ha- she's performing a bunch of new music throughout the whole movie. Um, it's, it's just like a peek at her life, basically. And even the, the romance stuff that doesn't work at all, it all feels like a throwback to the type of romantic comedy she made during the, during the prime of her career, you know, which is back when I was a little kid 20 years ago. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think, you know, I think there is an audience for this movie. I think they're going to like it. It's just not us. It's not me. Um, I, I to grade the movie really quick. Uh, I'm going to give the movie a generous uh, C minus. That's generous. I'm going to give this a D plus, and that's only because some of the singing was actually pretty good. And, oh yeah, that mm-hmm. that's another thing I wanted to talk about because I while this mu- I'm not really a fan of Jennifer Lopez's music. Mm-hmm. I could recognize the talent, and there's uh, the music in here. While it's not for me, it's it's good. And it's much better than what we had to endure in uh, what I got to admit. It's like one of my favorite comedies of 2021. But the song that they made for Don't Look Up was awful. The song (laughs) with Kid Cudi and Ariana Grande, that was a a terrible, terrible song. Thank God it was not nominated for an Oscar, that song. But the the music in this is actually like it's tolerable, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's, I, I, I found, yeah, I found it being I felt that it was a, a pretty decent for for a rom com, and they they focused more on the music than the actual movie. <laughs> but if you want to see like a really good uh, movie about music industry, I would say The High Note, which just came out a year ago, which had a two similar ago, right? or two years ago, oh, yeah, two, it came out two years ago, which had a, a, a similar. Uh, theme where it's about music and uh, it's not necessarily a rom-com but i think it's a much better film than this all right that was it this movie did this movie did also remind me a lot of the high note but like yeah a much lesser version the high note if it was forced to be a (laughs) rom-com yeah yeah all right so uh that was it for our review of marry me i can't remember the movie (laughs) yes that's it all right, that's it for this episode of uh, Inside Flicks. Uh, uh, if you want to hear our past episodes, you can go to InsightFlicks.com. If you want to see our YouTube content, go search Inside Flicks on the YouTube uh, search bar, I guess. And uh, we'll be back next week with some more headlines and maybe some reviews of some stuff. So, yeah, thank you for listening to Inside Flicks.